0: Dark Dream is the horse to supply racing's latest fairy tale story. In less than seven months, the steely grey gelding has gone from a Maruya maiden to a Group 1 Queensland derby, and he just happened to pick up a Group 3 rough habit plate along the way. His background is now well documented. His dam, Buchanan Girl, was purchased for $800 by two lucky girls, Mary Jane Basson and Jessica Wilson. Dark Dream's yielding full sister was killed by a lightning strike when the mayor was in foal to Arlington. And when Buchanan Girl had a cult foal in 2013, she was immediately sent back to Dark Dream sire All-American. And now, had the ill-fated yearling filly not been such a terrific type, Dark Dream may not even be on the planet. In the derby last Saturday, he was ridden positively by Tim Clark and he simply outstayed Heavenly Thought to win with real authority. It gave Kerry Parker his first Group 1 winner as a trainer. Kerry's been battling laryngitis all weekend, but showing the same tenacity as Dark Dream, he's decided to go ahead with the interview. Well, mate, you've had half a dozen placings at Group 1 level, but the monkey at last is off your back.
1: Yeah, absolutely thrilled, John, to uh, finally be, get into that group of
0: Group 1 trainer. With more to come, believe me. No, uh, thank you. Now, Kerry, let's look at the Derby in review. Putting your race day nerves aside, and every trainer gets a few of those, you must have been pretty confident in the run just watching the race.
1: Yeah, it all unfolded uh, as you'd hope. You know, like um, when, when they first jumped, it got a little scary. I thought he was going to get pushed to the fence, but mm. by the time they got to the wing post, Tim was able to you know, position him one off. Um, so then that, that sort of made it pretty crazy till then. And then uh, that sort of one in front of him rolled off a bit and he was able to build momentum. He got going a little early mm. than you would do, which is how you've got to ride him, you know. Uh, that was always the plan to sort of try and build momentum then try and sit pretty on him and, and accelerate, you know. Uh, uh, and he showed in his starts before that he's, he's quite tough and he'll tough it out to the line.
0: Yeah, the leader… Kicked and just got a little break on him at the top of the straight. Took him a few strides to wind up and gather momentum. But right on the line, he looked like he could have gone around again.
1: Yeah, he was holding him. He sort of put that neck on him probably about 60, 70 to go. And uh, uh, from there, I I don't think he was going to get past him, you know. But uh, um, like you say, as they come around the turn, it, it probably grabbed a good length and a half, two lengths, railing up where we went out and around, um, and it did look like it had sort of kicked, you know, And uh, but uh, to his credit, Dark Dream, Dark Dream just dug in and fought all the way to the line.
0: He had a few detractors carry after the rough habit plate, but those detractors wouldn't have realised that he lost a shoe in the run and a bit of foot went with it.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It had um, uh, ripped, ripped a fair bit, fair bit of hoof away. Uh, when, he, when, when the shoe would come off, like sometimes I'll pull a shoe off and it'll come off nice and easy and clean, you know, and you can just sort of nail them back on. But mm. um, for this bloke, he'd, he'd lost a fair bit of wall where the nails go. So um, after that, we had sort of had to wait a couple of days and then equi- Equilox him up, which is, yeah. you know, re- rebuild his foot. Um, and then from there, uh, away we went.
0: For people who don't realise uh, what this product does, Equilox, it's been around forever It's a very strong resin. It sets in about seven or eight minutes and can be used to repair a quarter crack or even rebuild the wall of a hoof. You can file it. You can shape it. You can put a nail through it, and uh, it's just like the real McCoy, and I don't know how trainers would get on without it, Kerry.
1: Oh, no, it's been a blessing. You know, Uh, as the old saying is, no no feet, no horse, but, um, you know, without things like that, I would have really
0: struggled. He raced a bit too hard, didn't he, in the rough habit plate Uh, But he looked much more relaxed in the derby Or rather in the Grand Prix I thought he raced a bit keenly in the Grand Prix A bit fresh, was he?
1: Yeah, he was uh, And leading up to that, he'd he'd worked on the outside of the course proper Um, And I did ask my track work rider not to carry a stick on him And just sort of nice flowing work You know, I didn't want to do too much with him Um, But he, he... In doing that, there was a couple of people walking around the grandstand, and he spotted them, you know, uh, probably a good furlong out, Mm. and he switched right off and just sort of ran in, and uh, Mm. he never never finished his work off at all. So um, he 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 went into it pretty fresh, you know, which didn't help, and that and the losing the shoe and all the rest of it. I thought, yeah, yeah, I knew he'd he'd had genuine excuses. Yeah, he's,
0: um, he's a sticky beak, is he, Kerry?
1: Oh, yeah, it doesn't take much to uh, to get sidetracked with him. You know, he uh, he sees everything.
0: Now, you took him straight out to Aquas Farm after the derby for a good spell. And, you know, trainers have been saying for years that horses spell better in Queensland in the winter months.
1: Well, I enjoyed it up there in the winter months. Yeah. I come back home, that's, that's probably why I've got laryngitis now. Um, you know, I've... I've come back home, back into the cold and gone, wow, you just, uh, it's a big difference of uh, just how nice a, a a winter can be up there, you know, compared to yeah. here.
0: How long will you leave him out?
1: Oh, he doesn't get that long. He'll probably have to come back the first week of uh, July yeah. um, and start preparation for this and then uh, we'll work it out from there. Mm.
0: You've got a few options in the spring, but I, th- I reckon I know the race you're thinking about already and that's the St Ledger. At Randwick in October, 2,600 metres, three-year-olds and upwards at set weights. That'll be hard to resist.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's, that's definitely in an option plan. You know, um, um, you're getting good there where it's very hard uh, where you take on all these... Uh, Older horses now after winning that, um, you know, you've got to take that step up to four-year-olds and open sort of thing where mm. we've been able to shift him to three-year-olds in this preparation where now it's a big jump, you know, we're mm. open company.
0: There's a touch of romance about the old St. Ledger Stakes. It's Australia's oldest turf classic, you know, Kerry. It was first run on the Homebush course in 1841, which is 19 years before racing even started at Randwick. You, uh, you know, know a bit about it too, mate. You won this race yeah. back yeah, in 19. Sovereign, he could stay a bit.
1: Yeah, and I think that may have been the last running of the St. Ledger until like last year.
0: Mm, that's right. It was very close
1: to it. It was very close to it anyway. It sort of went missing for a while. It was good to see it back.
0: Well, that horse, Gold Sovereign, finished up running in a Melbourne Cup.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he, he got there. Uh, it when he got there, I knew he was tired. He he ran around on the Saturday uh, prior, as a, a lot of them did back then. Mm. Um, and I remember having a conversation with his owner. He was only a young fella. We're both only young fellas. Mm. Um And back then, it was a ten thousand dollar pay up um, on the Saturday night to to say you were going to run in the cup. And uh, yeah. I remember saying to him, mate, you know, ten thousand. I said we're going to finish closer to the tail than the lead. Mm. Um, and he went away and thought about it for a while and he came back and he said, I'll probably earn 10000 again in my life, but I'll never have an opportunity to have a Melbourne Cup runner. I'll find 10000
0: Yeah. Uh, away we went. Yeah. He was a logical man, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah. You know the thing I remember most about Gull Sovereign in that St. <laughs> Ledger, he was ridden by a jockey who was on the hottest streak in group races – uh, you you rarely see the run uh, like the run that Gavin Age had in the autumn of 1994. He won the Doncaster on Pharaoh. He won the Galaxy on a horse called Jet Ball. He won the Oaks on a filly called Circles of Gold, and he, he brushed home with the St Ledger on your horse. Yeah, he
1: won, he won the Sydney Cup too. I'm pretty sure because I was. Uh, yeah. I think I finished fourth in the Sydney Cup, and I'm pretty sure his ride brought me undone. Oh. Um, you know, and, and so I was pretty quick to grab hold of him when he didn't have a ride in the St. Ledger to jump on because <laughs> it, it was just group one gaffe. He it was, it was just winning on everything.
0: You know, with horses like Gold Sovereign and uh, later Don Raphael and now this bloke, you're probably already developing a reputation as a trainer of stayers. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because to train stayers, you've got to have very patient onus.
1: Yeah, well, you've also got to be patient yourself. I suppose that fits in with me. You know, I'm uh, quite patient, but it's very hard for uh, owners, and you can't blame them. It's an expensive game. You know, they're they're in and out of work, and you sort of you don't get the uh, brilliance of a sprinter where you go, oh no, it goes good. You've got to actually wait to find out if it goes good.
0: Yeah, he was a good story, Don Raphael. He was owned by the late Don Story, uh, who passed away only a couple of weeks back. Don actually was going to sell him. He had him in a dispersal sale and he sent him down to you just to give him a a little bit of uh, light work to shape him up a bit for the sale and he got you in.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's because I remember Mr. Story ringing me, you know, and he, he just said, Oh, look, I, I hate to even ask. He said, But would you have a spare box here? He said, I've just had one um that's not shaping up, not much chop in Sydney. He said, uh, mm-hmm. I just want to sell it. And the sale wasn't for two months, and he didn't want to put it in the paddock and mm-hmm. have it come back as a woolly bear, you know. So um I said, Yeah, no, drummers. I had a bit of room. I only had like seven or eight horses in work. So I was able to mm-hmm. grab him and, uh, yeah, once he came come down to us, we sort of just kept ticking along and he was working along. I thought, like, geez, he's, he's working all right, this horse, you know, and
0: mm.
1: um, and went from there and then I remember asking him could I trial him because I had a little apprentice that needed to get his trial rides up to get his ticket. Yeah. And um, he, he let me go and trial him and yeah. from there he, he, he trialed all right, but then from there it woke him up and away he went, you Long, know, yeah. and I, I had to convince Mr. Story not to sell him, uh, That if you sell him, I'm buying him. Uh, this is a nice horse.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. you prove that. He won a listed Tattersall's Plate. He won the Group 3 Colin Stephen Quality at Radwick. He won the Group 2 Saab Quality on Derby Day at Flemington, and then he ran in the Melbourne Cup and finished back a bit. But crikey, for a horse that was going to a dispersal sale, he was a real surprise packet, wasn't he?
1: Oh, definitely, but I can understand like, why. When he, when he walked off the float at my place, I thought, oh, wow, well, he's not much job. He was nothing to look at. You know, mm. he had a short little stumpy tail. He was, mm. was boy Runyon and sort of they weren't doing much, you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah, but lo and behold, there was actually a fair bit of ability in there.
0: Well, that was the story of Don Raphael. Kerry, you've been in the game longer than most people realise. You worked initially for trainers like Errol Amos and Sid Barker, David Balfour in Adelaide, and then you did five years at Randwick with the highly successful trainer, Les Bridge. Your favourite horse in that era, and Les had a lot of good ones through the place, was that scrawny little thing called Drawn. Nothing to look at. A three-time Group 1 winner. He was tall enough. I, I remember looking at him out there one day with a TV camera, and I thought, you're tall enough. But wasn't he lightly framed? He always raced in a breastplate.
1: Yeah, yeah, there wasn't a lot of him. Um, and he was very quick on his feet. Like, I remember I, I rode in track work every day, and I reckon through his career, he would have dropped me 10 times. He <laughs> right? was very quick. He'd whip on a dime, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, he just had a terrific will to win. You know, he was he mm. just, he, he could gallop, and he just had a terrific will to win.
0: Mm. Well, Les Bridge thought enough of you to let you take him to Melbourne for the Caulfield Guineas, Group 1. Jimmy Cassidy hadn't been in business long here in Sydney. He rode him. And I can remember watching the race in the broadcast box at Rose Hill. I'll never forget it. He stormed down the outside. Crikey, he hit the line that day.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Especially around Caulfield. You know, like uh, he come from last and just really let down. Um, But even like he, you know, like you say, he's a three-time Group 1 winner. Um, you know, not easy to do.
0: No. Oh, he's a great little horse, drawn by Star Shower, who was a highly infertile stallion. He didn't get many foals.
1: No, I remember that. I think uh, Les Bridge at the time had, had two of them. We had another one. Uh, oh, she, the name escapes me now. Magic Shower or something. She was a, mm. she was a mare that uh, she won a few Saturday races too. And uh mm. I remember thinking, geez, they didn't get many, but, The old boss definitely had a way with them.
0: Yeah, well, they could gallop. Now, eventually, you worked your way to Kembla Grange as a track work rider for your old mate David Van Dyke, and here we are, Kerry Parker, nearly thirty years later. You're still at Kembla Grange, and you took out (laughs) you love the place. You took out your own license in 1991.
1: Yeah, I came down here to help uh, Dave out. I said we might come down for a couple of months because this was just as Actually, drawn, retired. Yeah. Um, he'd just retired. And I went. Yeah, I could do with the change. I'll come down and help you out for a couple of months to ride work. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that couple of months has turned into 30 years. <laughs> I'm still in. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it must be a, a, a very good place to train horses. I mean, you wouldn't still be there 30 years later. Uh, no. I mean, if you had the opportunity place. to come to Roundwick, would you consider it or, or are you staying put?
1: Uh, it would want to be a good opportunity. You know, I think uh, I love the lifestyle here too, down here on the, what we call the Leisure Coast. Mm. You know, um, uh, it's a beautiful place of the world to live. So, uh, no, it suits me fine. It's, um, it's not far from uh, any of the metropolitan tracks or, yep. you, know, you know, I've got Goulburn and uh, Naira and uh, Canberra. It's easy access to most tracks.
0: Yeah. Kerry, the horse you talk about with great affection was Brilliant Light. He won an Ajax yeah. Stakes. He won a Royal Palmer. He ran third to Rang Rangdo in the Doncaster and had a torrid run in the race. He always had a little nagging foot problem and it got the better of him eventually.
1: Yeah, exa- exactly. He's um, he's what I'd say was the best horse I've. Sort of saddled up for myself, you know. Um, mm. He was the only horse that I thought, oh, this could be Cox Plate bound, you know. Like mm. you don't get too many in your stable that uh, you think are that good, and uh, mm. he did also win um, a provincial horse of the year, which was quite a proud moment for us too, you know. Mm. Like, um, but uh, no, he had he had plenty of ability, and um, yeah, really, really nice animal. He was quite. I think the reason I like him so much is he, he's quite switched on. He really communicated with you.
0: Yeah, that's great, isn't it? And and not all that common either. No, no, that's for sure. It's the mark of a special horse, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Wink switches on like that and communicates.
1: Uh, I'm sure the guys that handle her now are inside out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kerry, your team usually numbers around 20, sometimes more, sometimes less, but you like to keep it around that mark because it enables you to be hands-on.
1: Yeah, that's right. It, um, it, it's, it's a good number for us, you know. Like uh, I, I, I live at the stables as well, so they're, they're uh, under my watch all the time, you know, and um, mm. you know, I like to just, uh, you know, I'm touching every horse every day.
0: Yeah. No, it's very important. Some of your owners have been with you for a long time. You've got some great stickers
1: Oh, very much so. You know, like, um, in this game, it's a hard game to survive. And without them, I wouldn't have, you know, like they mm. they've been good stickers with me and they, they keep jumping into another horse to keep going. And, um, yep. uh, yeah, like I say, without them, there's no way I would have survived, you know, like it's, uh, it's a hard grind game and it's very hard to find one that can gallop. But, you know, along the way, we've been lucky enough to have something to keep us, our name in there, I suppose, and, yep. and do its job.
0: Now, Dark Dream, Kerry, has been a wonderful surprise for all of you and he gives every impression that he's going to get better and better.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping and thinking. You know, like uh, a lot of that preparation last uh, time was just uh, on raw ability. He only really started to work out how to be a racehorse uh, after his first sort of start or two in Brisbane. So, Mm. yeah, really looking forward to him coming back. A a switched-on racehorse would be nice.
0: Now, the girls that race him, of course, uh, Mary Jane, she went to Doomben. She was there for the big race. Yep. Jessica, however, elected to go to Randwick instead. Yeah, she
1: went there to uh, cheer on um, Red Dream in the Stayers Cup.
0: Exactly. Well, you'd know by now, though, how did they behave themselves? Did they handle the big moment with style and distinction?
1: Oh, I'm sure there's a few tears shed, um, but uh, all in all, no, over the moon, you know, like pretty hard to beat that, you know, like uh, <laughs> so to, to breed one, you know, to breed one and, and rear it and watch it sort of develop and um, and just, you know, to end up with a group one now, that's just phenomenal, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, much that. Well, let's hope he enjoys the sun on his back up there at Aquas Farm because he won't be there long. You'll have to get him back in if he's going to run in the St Ledger Stakes at Roundwick in October. (laughs) Kerry, you're away and rolling. Mate, as I said earlier, the monkey's off, your back. It's full steam ahead from here on in. You've done a remarkable job up to this point in time and I know that your best days are ahead of you, just like Dark Dream.
1: No, thank you very much, John. Absolutely wonderful.
0: And I know you've been battling with the voice right through the interview. In fact, when you first got out of bed this morning, you couldn't talk at all. So I'm very, no. very privileged that you elected to go through with it. Thanks very much, Kerry.
1: Well, mate, it's all about you. You were you were there calling races when you were in worse state than me. So you know, <laughs> like, if I can't talk to you on the phone, there's something wrong.
0: Thanks, mate. Talk soon.
1: No worries. Thanks, John.
0: Bye. Kerry Parker.